0: Hello and welcome back to Where Are All My Friends. This week we sit down with regular Marcus or Reckless G4B. He is an artist and a producer and this is such a cool story the way this happened. I found a track of his on SoundCloud a couple years ago and was absolutely obsessed with it. Then later on found out that he produced one of my all-time favorite Black Bear songs. We became friends online, chatted back and forth a bit. And then as the podcast grew, I just reached out and I was like, yo, we should do an episode. And I really didn't know his story at all. I just knew that he was an artist. I knew that I liked his music and he was doing cool stuff. So today is that day. We finally did the episode and his story was so cool. Like I had a feeling and just the person that he is behind the music, he's so authentic. His influences are so relatable. And it was a really, really cool episode because of that. And now he's had, I mean, he's early into his career and he's still had a lot of success. He's produced for Black Bear, Tinashe, Wintertime, all these artists where I'm just like, oh my God, this is just the beginning and you're already killing it. That's the intro. I want to get right into this. It was such a fun episode. I hope you enjoy it. I'm so stoked on this one because I'm legitimately a fan of yours. I found you in the depths of SoundCloud. We became yeah. friends on Instagram, and I this is like a really cool one for me. So we are here with Marcus, and uh, the oh, the reason I just say Marcus is my first question for you is – You've got a whole bunch of names that go with your artist (laughs) projects or your producer projects. So
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. The song that I originally found you off of was Mm Breaked At, and the artist name on that is Reckless. You just dropped a new track called American Reject under regular Marcus, and I feel like I've also seen Reckless Gabe. So start Mm -hmm. me off. Give me the story.
1: Okay. All right, so... I first started, when, like when I first got into music, I was probably in like, I was probably in seventh grade and I, I was just making beats. I wasn't singing. I wasn't like writing lyrics, nothing. I was just making beats. And um, I used to watch, remember the show called uh, Robin Big and like Fantasy Factory and all that? Dude,
0: yes. I was Bro. obsessed.
1: <laughs> yeah, Yeah, because I used to like skate a little bit too. So like I was always watching that show. So pretty much I got the name Reckless because… Uh, Rob's cousin, Drama. He was he was making beats. Yeah. And I was he was going by drama beats and then he started the The Young and Reckless brand. Yeah. And I was just, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, damn, like I like the name Reckless. So I'm gonna choose that name. Yo, so you and I are yeah.
0: similar because, well, that inspired me too. The whole reason I started a podcast was I'm obsessed mm-hmm. with his podcast short story long. What? So look at us. Shouts to drama. You're inspiring people Yeah. In the world. Shout out.
1: Shout out the drama. That's crazy, bro. Yeah. So continue. So sorry. yeah. Um. So yeah. That's how I got the name Reckless. So like I said, I was just making beats, and then, long story short, I met this group on Facebook. I think it was through Facebook or like Twitter, and we just started making music together. I started producing for them, sending them beats and everything. It was a it was a group of rappers called Gopher Broke, okay. and the initials are G4B. Oh. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So. We kind of just like put the g four b at the end of all of our Twitter names and instagram names and everything, so I kind of just like never changed my instagram name and my Twitter name, and then people in in like my city like Portland, like this area started to to recognize me as that, yeah, so like i would I would like respond to reckless I would respond to reckless g four b like whatever like whatever people knew me as i would just I would just go by it so yeah. That's where the, the G4B comes in.
0: Bro, that's so funny. I always read mm-hmm. it as Gabe, and I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? Why is he calling Yeah, Gabe?
1: yeah, <laughs> for real.
0: <laughs> okay, so then where does Regular Marcus come in? Because you have music under that as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Regular Marcus came in because I felt like… So I, I had released maybe two songs under Reckless, and then I was like… I just wanna change my name. Like I wanna change my artist name to regular Marcus and I wanna have my producer name as Reckless. I wanna keep that the same. Oh Yeah. And then we just ended up leaving that break that song. We ended up leaving that under Reckless, because like that song was already doing like so good and well not amazing, but like it was it was doing pretty good and I just I don't know, I just wanted to leave it under Reckless and then start like a new wave of regular Marcus.
0: Bro, okay. That completely yeah. clears it up and that makes so mm-hmm. much sense. And yeah, dude, yeah. yeah, like no, break that. Like, I mean, when did you put that song out? That was a couple years ago, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. So that was that was a minute ago. That was 2017. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like
0: and I know what you're saying, because it's not like it like blew up and went crazy viral, but yeah, it blew up yeah. enough where it kind of got on the radar of like myself and some friends and were like, what is this mm-hmm. and why is it so good? For real. No, so. I appreciate
1: that. Yeah, bro, like, yeah, exactly. Just like how you put it, it it didn't blow up, but it got definitely got people's attention and like, you know, it led me to people like you and
0: Yeah, it like medium blew up. Like it didn't go like full viral, but it like got to enough of the internet where like if you (laughs) knew, you knew and you're like, yo, this shit's fire. And it was almost like a nod of like, oh, you know that song? All right. All right. (laughs) Yeah, that's fire. Which is so funny. And that's why I'm like so stoked to talk to you right now, because Mm -hmm. I feel like normally when I do these podcasts, I have a decent idea of where somebody comes from and you know, all these different details. But with you, we really were just internet friends. And I'm a legit just fan. And Mm -hmm. since finding that song, I've seen you do all sorts of things. I've seen you release more music. Your last song is like such a nod to pop punk and rock. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. So like, as you tell me that you grew up skateboarding and all these things, I'm like, oh my God, I get it. But then yeah. there's this whole other side of you that I'm so curious to learn because, like, I really don't even know. I know you've worked with a lot of big artists as a producer, but I mm-hmm. I don't know like the specific songs that you've done and how that all came to be. So yeah. I legit like this is a treat for me, and as a full on fan, I'm excited to hear this. Yeah, of course, um, of course. Where I like to start because I don't want to get ahead of myself, and I'm catching myself do it because I'm so excited. But (laughs) where I like to start these normally is take me back, like, as you were telling me about, like, growing up skateboarding. Like, I want to hear about that. Like, where did you grow up? What were you first into? How did you first find music? Like, what were
1: you like in those early days? All right. So I would say, like, all right. So pretty much I grew up in Maryland. Um, Oh, no shit. Yeah, yeah. So I… I moved around a lot, but I grew up in Maryland. I moved, I mean, I uh, I was there from, from birth to like sixth grade. Okay. And in between that time, you know, that's like elementary school. I was just like a kid and I was never really into like sports. Like I would play football and like basketball with like the neighborhood kids and stuff like that. Yeah. But then I never really, really wanted to join like a team or none of that. I was always just like, I pretty much always been like on my own agenda like on my own thing and um honestly i think back to like the robin big thing i think that's really what made me like want to skate like i just thought it was cool and then i remember when i first got my when i got my first skateboard i got it from zoomies like i went with my dad i got uh i forget what brand it was but we we, like got some deck and then i got the whole complete board and then i was just like i used to be heavy into looking up like YouTube tutorials on how to ollie, how to kickflip, and stuff like that. Yo. And then from there, I just like was skating every day. I wasn't amazing, but I was I was cool. You know, I could ollie down like a four or five stair. Yep. Like stuff like that. And um, yeah, I don't know. I kind of just, just fell in love with like that whole like culture, I guess yo i don't know also, about also you, the, the tony hawk games too oh sure. my
0: god bro. like we are the same with that like yeah. it was like tony hawk games i never got into team sports i never cared mm-hmm. about like that group side of school i always felt like kind of an outsider
1: Yeah, and i feel like
0: just as much as skateboarding is fun as an activity the community mm-hmm. and like the alternative like you don't have to just go follow team sports like that changed my life and it teaches you like this whole different way to look at things.
1: I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah, exactly. Around that time, I would probably say like fifth grade. So my dad brought home, so my dad used to, I forget where he worked, but yeah, he, he had this coworker who used to who make like, uh, like mixtape CDs and like, you know, like burn CDs with a bunch of music on them and stuff. Yes. And one time he brought home a CD and it was full of like, it was full of rock music and like alternative. And, like, I had never really listened to rock because, like, I grew up on, like, R&B and hip-hop and stuff, but I remember specifically. So my dad gave me that CD, and then I was, I had a CD player, and, like, I had some headphones. So I would just play that CD for, like, every single day straight, like, nonstop, like, listening to it. It was, uh, the, so it was a lot of bands. I can't remember all of them, but Breaking Benjamin. Okay. was like the first band I really got hooked on. Yeah. And it like introduced me to like a whole new world, I swear. Yeah. And then I started to just like be on YouTube and like be on the internet heavy. Yeah. Heavy. And then I just started finding bands on my own. Like I started uh I think I started with like Panic at the disco and stuff like that. Oh shit. And then yeah. I yeah, yeah. That's like one of my favorite favorite bands and then i um ended up like stumbling across like you know like screamo and like the whole like scene wave and like attack attack and like bands like that and i was yeah. like damn this is this is crazy and then i just i don't know i kind of just fell in love with the whole the whole sound did you ever go to like warp tours and shit so that's the thing i never made it to warp tour cuz no i i know crazy right i think i was just young and i just wasn't really into going to concerts like that yeah so i think i just caught it like late but i definitely knew about him always used to watch like the warped tour footage and all that kind of stuff
0: damn that's so crazy to hear because we have such Mm -hmm. a similar path of growing up and i think Mm -hmm. about it and had it not been for my friends that were like yo we're going to warp tour i probably wouldn't have gone but that Mm -hmm. shit like changed my life but it's crazy to hear your side of it where you were finding all of this on your own and learning about it through youtube mm-hmm. damn yeah bro
1: youtube like is the goat like youtube changed everything i swear it's
0: so crazy like youtube if you're if you care about something and you're passionate about it youtube is college like you can learn anything
1: bro for real
0: damn okay so you're yeah. getting into like alternative music rock you're finding panic at the disco you've like <laughs> attack! Attack! That's so sick. <laughs> Finding like screamo, yeah. And at that point, are you thinking like, "Damn, I want to make music," or what's going on?
1: So this was like, like fourth or fifth grade. I oh, definitely okay. Wasn't, so you're still
0: pretty young.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is like got it. This is like really young.
0: Got it. So like okay.
1: Like I wasn't even in sixth grade. I was in sixth grade like when I found Attack Attack. So like earlier was just like like alternative stuff. Yeah, but it didn't. Okay. It didn't make me. It didn't like really make me want to make music, and like, I guess it did because like I used to like air drum and like play along to songs and stuff like that. So in a way, I guess it did. But I didn't start making beats until like seventh, eighth grade, you know. So like I didn't fully like I didn't really try it until like a little bit later on. Yeah. But yeah, it. I would say it definitely like it kind of it kind of got me going. Like, yeah, got the ideas rolling.
0: So then what happens, like, you go from listening to, like, screamo rock music, all sorts of stuff like that, and then mm-hmm. you get to 7th, 8th grade, and you're making beats. So, like, what yeah. was that
1: transition? Um, It wasn't, like, a full transition because I was listening to, like, everything at once. Like, oh. I, yeah, I didn't, like, really—I didn't, like, leave the hip-hop sound. Like, I was heavy on everything. Like, yeah, like a lot of music was coming out back then, like, like Lil Wayne, like, Meek Mill, like— Stuff like that. A lot of, you know, a lot of like mainstream hip hop stuff. I was into, I was into all of it at the same time. That's so sick. And that explains now, like I think about your music and I'm like, oh, I get it. For sure. So like when, like I said, seventh or eighth grade, I can't remember exactly for sure, but I know it was around that time. Um, It's crazy. So I, so I moved from Maryland to Arizona. Yeah. Then I moved to Philly where, which is like, that's where all my family's from. Like that's where my mom, my dad, my grandparents, everybody grew up. Yeah. So my, my grandparents still live there. So they have a house. So we moved from Arizona to Philly. I actually lived there for maybe like two and a half years. And that's when I started making beats. Um, <clears throat> it's crazy. I was in the I was in the car just waiting for my mom to like finish grocery shopping. And I ended up hearing a Meek Mill song on the radio and I, I heard that beat and I was just like, yo, like, what are beats? Like, how do you, how do you really make them? Like, this just sounds crazy to me. Yeah. So I went home <clears throat> and I Googled, like, I Googled the producer's name yeah. and I just found out what program he used and stuff like that. And then I ended up downloading the program, like the demo version that night.
0: What program was it? I made a beat. It?
1: it was FL Studio.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: It was uh, it was FL Studio nine. So it was like a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah, literally since that night, I've been making beats just because of uh, a Mill song. That's so sick. Yeah. And that, that was it also makes like one of my sense. favorite favorite rappers at that time.
0: Like, what year is that? That was probably like. Oh,
1: this was 2011.
0: Oh okay okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This was definitely 2011. Yeah. Yeah. It's when because he he's from philly so like i was like watching him come up oh. and yeah so it was like that was like his big single so when i heard that i was like damn bro this is this is crazy so yeah that's that's what really got me into like making beats shout out to Mill,
0: dude for real and was it like a mm-hmm. feeling of yo if he can do it so can i like he's from philly i live in philly mm-hmm.
1: yeah 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 definitely that's what it was at the time like I used to be, like, I'm still, like, a real fan of, like, everybody that I listen to, like, no matter what. Yeah. And, like, back then, like, being younger, I was way more of a fan. So, like, I used to tweet him, like, yo, can't wait to work, this and that. Like, yes. you know, just, like, DMing people, like, reaching out, like, just saying, like, just saying stuff, like, when you're young, you know. Dude, completely. But it's it's funny how much, like, that
0: fearlessness or, like, that… You know, you don't have that back off to just reach out to everyone and say what up Mm -hmm. and shoot a shot. And it's crazy Mm -hmm. how far that'll get you.
1: Yeah, bro. For real.
0: Okay, so you hear that song, you get FL Studio, and then it's just
1: game time.
0: And you're in Philly. Are you still skating at all? Or
1: had you kind of just been like, yo, it's full beat time? Yeah, yeah. So I kind of stopped skating. I used to to skate to school, like, just to get there and back. But like… At that point, I had kind of like stopped going to skate parks. I had stopped trying to learn tricks. I was just like, it was just like a background kind of thing because like when I found beats, like yeah. well, like music, that's Production. like all I was really focusing on. Okay, yeah. Really. How
0: old were you? You said it was like seventh, seventh, eighth grade? Yeah,
1: this was seventh grade. So I was maybe like, I was between 13 and 14. Damn, so you honestly started pretty damn young. Yeah, bro. It's it, Looking back now, it's been 10 years. That's nine to 10 crazy. years. Mm-hmm.
0: I feel like, what is it? It's like they say 10,000 hours to master something. You divide Mm -hmm. that in the years and you're there. You've done it. Yeah, I think so, bro. I'm
1: almost there, if not there. Yeah, dog. So,
0: okay. Mm -hmm. So, Philly, 7th, 8th grade. How long do you stay in Philly? You said you lived there for a couple years.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I was there for 7th and 8th grade. And then that summer was like… The summer after 8th grade was ending. So, I thought I was going to go to high school out there. But… We ended up, uh, my family. We ended up moving to Seattle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was in Seattle um, for about nine months, and then ended up in Portland, and I've been in Portland ever since.
0: Okay, w- what mm-hmm. made your family move around so much? Was it just your parents finding work?
1: Yeah, that's pretty much what it was. Like, we, uh, they, uh, yeah, they just kept getting different job offers in different areas. You know, just like. Just Moving around because of that, pretty much.
0: Yeah. I Mm -hmm. always, like, I kind of, I didn't really have that. I grew up in Florida, and I was always just, like, up until I moved to California, I was in Florida. But I wonder, like, as a kid going to school, was that hard for you to make new friends? Or did that kind of, like, play to your favor? Like, where you're just like, oh, well,
1: I've done this a bunch of times before, so now I'm good at it. Yeah. So, it was kind of, I would say it was in my favor because, I don't know, like, moving around a lot. I, like, it It wasn't hard for me to make friends. Mm -hmm. I was just kind of always, like, not a loner, but, like, I was always, like, a quiet kid and, like, just always, like, to myself. But then when I would finally, like, I guess, break out of my shell, I would meet, like, that one cool-ass person that was into the same music as me or, like, that one group that I, like, finally would meet that was just into the same stuff. So yeah, it wasn't it wasn't really like hard on me, honestly. Like I would end up missing my friends from like different cities and stuff, but you know we had MySpace and we had Facebook and
0: yeah, we would always
1: just keep in tw- keep in touch. And then like Twitter, and, you know that was all like coming out, and it was just easier to keep in touch with people. So. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah,
0: And you probably learned so much from like all these different cultures. Like every city Mm -hmm. has a different energy. Everybody has like a different style and everything. So the more you move, the more you were probably just like a sponge learning everything from every bit of it.
1: Yeah, exactly. It was… That's exactly what it was. I was just taking things from each city. Like mentally, like…
0: Yeah. Damn. And then, okay, so then when did you put out your first song?
1: Did you start dropping
0: beats first before you ever sang or rapped
1: on anything? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I used to only put out beats on my SoundCloud page. Oh, shit. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah, I would just, I would put out beats and then I ended up doing, like, it's funny. Adele has a song called uh, Daydreamer. Mm-hmm. And I ended up remixing it for this this thing in my class. I forget what it was, but it was like sophomore year. Yeah. And I ended up remixing that, and um, then I was just like, "All right, I'm gonna do some more remixes." So I, I ended up uploading a couple more remixes to my SoundCloud, and then they they got like like maybe like 50k plays. You know, oh, stuff shit, like that. Oh
0: shit, that's not bad, dude.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I was like, I was like, "How? This is crazy." Yeah. And then when I saw that, I was like, "Damn! Like this is possible." And um, yeah. So pretty much, I was just making beats. So I was just dropping beats and like remixes. And then um, so I have a I have a homie out here in Portland named Matt Burton, and uh, he pretty much he had an extra microphone one time, and he was like, "Yo, I don't want this mic anymore. Do you want it?" I was like, "Yeah, sure." So oh, he gave shit. me that mic. Yeah, yeah. He gave me that mic, and then. I was like, dang, I got a mic. I might as well like figure out how to plug it in and you know, buy an interface and all that and like just mess around. And like I was always like into singing and stuff. Like I always knew I had like a cool voice. I just didn't want to be an artist. You know, I just was focusing on producing. But then yeah, but then um there was a talent show at my school that was coming up and pretty much I hit on my friend, Keith, Keith Canvas. I was like, yo, we uh, we should do a song and perform it. My school. He was like, yeah, like if you, I'll do it with you if you want to do it. So we ended up doing it, and the reaction was crazy because like it was in, it was at a school assembly, so it was like two thousand people, like fifteen hundred people maybe, all at one time. Uh, so we, perf- yeah, yeah. It was so you crazy. have
0: like kids like, over here playing the flute, and then you come yeah. in and just drop a Bro. fucking banger to two thousand. Exactly.
1: <laughs> No, that's like exactly what happened people was like <laughs> you know playing the drums or playing the whatever instrument and then we come out with like a a, a background track and like two microphones like rapping and singing they were just oh like oh my god there's i actually have a video a video of it like i'll i'll send it to you too please <laughs> bro yeah so yeah we we did that performance and then bro the song wasn't even done it was like uh like a two minute song at the time like i didn't even know what i was doing i don't even know how i knew how to mix and record but i just i figured it out and then yeah so we we performed that and then maybe like a month later the song came out and we dropped it on soundcloud and everybody loved it and is it still out It's it, it's on private because, bro, it. it's, tra- it's trash. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I always love, like, when the first thing is there. Because every artist is like, yo, it's actually terrible. Yeah. But it's so fun to hear it now. Mm-hmm.
1: And am like, oh. No, nah, bro. I don't think I'll ever show anybody. I'll send it to you. But, like, I'll never show anybody <laughs> else that shit again, bro. I
0: feel you, dude. I feel you. Like, but that was enough. At the time, that was enough to be like, oh, shit. This could be mm-hmm.
1: something. Bro, that's exactly what happened. Did it like, get… yeah? Did it also get some plays on SoundCloud? Yeah, I can look later, but I'm pretty sure it got like like 20k. Okay, yeah. So enough yeah. where you're
0: like, yo, shit. Like, let's keep going. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely enough to to keep going.
0: I also didn't sure. realize that Keith Canvas was such a day one because I only know him through mm. your like you and your projects. But yeah. I was always just like, oh, this is sick. But I didn't know that that's like it goes that far
1: back. Yeah, yeah. It's been like. Since sophomore year. So it's been six, seven years, maybe. Damn, yeah. dude. Okay, Ever so you then.
0: you did that talent show, you start mm-hmm. uploading it,
1: mm-hmm. and then what? We uploaded that song, and then we were like, okay, we gotta make more. So pretty much I say we because every song I was dropping was with was with Keith. Like we were we were pretty much like a group but we just went by Reckless and, and Keith Canvas. Got it. Yeah, so we probably put out like 3, 3 or 4 more songs together, like I'm making the beat and then both of us singing and rapping on them. And then I think we kind of like just like took a break and then I took a, yeah, I took a little break from recording and like making my songs and I just I think I was just focusing on producing and then he went out to work with other producers and stuff like that. So we were both kind of like doing our own thing for a minute. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, yeah, it just went from there.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I know like some of your credits, like now you've produced for mm-hmm. pretty big artists. Like, if I'm not mistaken, did you do Vicodin in Paris on yeah. the Black Bear album, Cashmere News? Yeah.
1: Yeah. The, the Cashmere News EP. Yeah. I did. I did that one.
0: And did you do like full production on that? Like, was that whole beat? No. Nah, or- no. Nah.
1: No, okay. so I'll explain. So I started, you know that uh like that that vocal sample like that the song starts with?
0: Yeah, yeah It's like Yeah yeah it's like that. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's like the it's like a kid's choir or something yes, like that. Yes, yes. hmm So all right, so yeah, I found that sample. It was in like a free a free pack, like just on that I found on the internet. So yeah, I found that and then I made some chords. Then I just laid down like some sense and I had some drums. Okay. And then I was like, okay, like this sounds fire. And Then I ended up hitting up one of Blackbear's producers. Yeah. Um, I hit him up directly. I was like, yo, because I was I was at a point where I was really trying to. Blackbear was like my favorite artist at the time. Like,
0: bro, like, I had a time too. Like, I probably mm-hmm. like 2016, 17, like yeah. finding
1: him, and I was like, this is all I care about. This is the best bro, thing ever. Yeah. For real, nah, he was really like. I mean, he's still fired, but like, yeah, that was that was my favorite artist at the time. So it was a it was a goal to work with him.
0: Yeah, so, bro. yeah that's I, um,
1: huge. Yeah, bro, crazy. So I ended, yeah. Like I said, I ended up hitting up one of his producers. And we were just talking back and forth. I was like, yo, I love your beats. Like, I'm trying to I'm trying to work with Bear. If I could send you some collabs, like let me know. He was like, Yeah, bro, of course. Like, let me just he gave me his email and then I sent him maybe. Sent him maybe four things, like four ideas, and Sniff if I Viking in Paris" was one of them, mm-hmm. and it all happened like kind of quick, honestly. Like, dude, he he told me Bear got on the beat, and then Bear had posted a, like a snippet, I think it was on Instagram, and then I ended up he posted it on like his backup page or something. But I was such a fan that like I ended up like finding it somehow. Oh shit! And then when I found that, I was telling everybody, I was like, oh shit, like. I produced for Black Bear, like Yo. songs, but I don't know when it's coming out, but like I produced for him. Cause that was like that was the first time I produced for somebody that I really wanted to get to, you know?
0: Okay. I was gonna ask you that. Like, what mm-hmm. was your first song, like where you produced for somebody where it was like, oh shit, this is real?
1: Yeah, yeah. So it was it was the Black Bear song for sure.
0: Yo. Mm-hmm. And that's another weird, crazy full circle moment. Cause here we are growing up skateboarding, watching Robin Big coming from these mm-hmm. similar things. Finding yeah. Black Bear, probably similar times, and that song specifically was yeah. the song where I was like, I am obsessed with this artist. What? So like, I'm not kidding, dude. Like, <laughs> Vicodin was the song where I was like, this is it. So the fact yeah. that that was you and that that was your first major piece or like your major artist that you had done something with, like my mind mm-hmm. is blown right
1: now. Yeah, bro. It's, that's pretty crazy. Honestly. Damn.
0: And it's crazy how much of an impact that makes, right? Like we have Mm -hmm. never met like internet friends and here I am randomly finding breakdown, randomly hearing Vicodin and being like, I'm obsessed with this. And now years later being like, Oh my God, I'm talking to you. That's crazy. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, it was wild. So, okay. You do that. And then from Mm -hmm. there, does that just open the door for even more stuff?
1: Yeah, it kind of did. Um, so that song came out and then uh, there's a producer named Felix Snow. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. He, he produced Break That. We, we made that together. Oh, so pretty, shit. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll get to that. So pretty <laughs> much, pretty much it all happened the same, like the very, like the same month, honestly. So I had found out about the Vikings song. I found yeah. out it was coming out soon. Yeah. And then I get a DM on Twitter from Felix. He just like hit me up out the blue, out of nowhere, and he was like, "Let's work."
0: Yeah.
1: And he had a song that was really, really popping at the time, like, like, like on um, like Apple Music commercials and like Apple watches, and oh, shit. the song was huge. It's a it's a song called "Gold" by Kiara, oh. and um, oh, yeah, it was at that time it. where that's yeah, it was at that time where that song was like really going off. Oh, so, like when God. he hit me up, I was like, "This is crazy" because like. You know, I know who he is. Yeah. And this is like the first, like, maybe like one of the first big people to like really like reach out to me. So I was, like, was kind of shook, you know? Yeah. So then, um, yeah, we, we just like went back and forth on Twitter. And then I ended up flying out to L.A. to go work with him and just like just link up and talk and hang out and stuff. And then pretty much, I think a couple months later, um, he offered me a deal. And I ended, up, I ended up signing with
0: him. Oh, mm-hmm. shit. Okay, Felix Snow.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ended up signing a deal with Felix Snow.
0: Okay, so then like mm-hmm. through that, like because his shit was so poppin', like it's honestly, to be candid, I don't fully know how that world works. Like mm-hmm. what, would, what would give him the leverage to like start picking up producers under him? But I mm-hmm. know that that's super common. So was yeah, it just yeah. that he was popping enough and he had enough connections where he could
1: connect other people? Yeah, pretty much he uh, he had done like a lot of stuff before like he had like he had already had like big placements and He he has a deal with Atlantic Records and they ended up giving him his own label Got it. So he was pretty much at that time. just like I guess like scouting for talent Yep, and then came across me and uh, he liked he didn't even just like my beats Like he liked my music like some of the first stuff that I think is probably like kind of trash He was like he was into it, it. it and then yeah, and he was like yo like i want i want I don't want you as just a producer like I want to like work with you as an artist too, and that's when uh break that came about like oh my probably God. like probably like six months later, after everything was all worked out and like all that stuff, we made break that I flew out to Nashville, pretty oh. sure yeah, yeah, so he had moved to Nashville, Tennessee, at that time, and
0: yeah
1: blew me out there, and then we just made a couple songs, and I was one of them, and we were just like, damn like. Let's go. Like this is this is fire. Let's put this out. And then, yeah, that was yeah. that was the first one we we made together. And then um, there's an artist named Wintertime. Bro, I am mm-hmm.
0: obsessed with Wintertime. Do you know 93 feet of smoke?
1: Heard of the name, seen the name for sure.
0: Okay, so I lived
1: with him last year, and
0: he turned me on to so much music. Yeah. And he showed me Wintertime, and I lost my mind. Like it's <laughs> so good, and I can't believe yeah. like i feel like wintertime is big but i can't believe he's not massive bro his his shit is so that's what that's
1: exactly what i'm saying
0: so that's you met wintertime sorry i'm i get too excited (laughs) i'm hopping in tell your story
1: (laughs) no no you're good bro so i never i never met wintertime never talked to him at all yeah so pretty much this how it happened felix was uh he i think he flew out to new york to meet with wintertime and they ended up making a whole album like a whole ep maybe like five songs and I, one of my beats had ended up on there.
0: Oh shit! Yeah, what so, what song?
1: Uh, it's called "In My Bag." Okay,
0: okay. I'm yeah, trying to think yeah. of I I don't know it off the title, but
1: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's uh, I'm pretty sure it's out everywhere: SoundCloud, like Apple Music, Spotify. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. So that was pretty much my second. That was pretty much my second placement. Okay. Yeah.
0: And then again, I feel like that is pretty big because Mm -hmm. like Wintertime is a big artist and has a name. So you're continuing Mm -hmm. to like build that cred.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then what? So that happened. And then I think I was at that point, I was waiting for my deal to like go through and everything. And then I think I ended up moving to L.A. Oh. and i got i had got a place out there for a while um i was I think it was in north hollywood okay how old are you then, yeah, when you moved i was 20
0: bro how sick yeah. is that that you're 20 yeah. years old <laughs> and this is all happening and you moved to la
1: yeah bro it was it was crazy so yeah i had uh, I had mm-hmm. moved to la i had got situa- situated out there and then um pretty sure Oh, okay. Let me backtrack. Let me backtrack. Yeah, yeah. Before I moved to LA is when um I did the Tanache song. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I produced a song with with Felix uh for Tanashe. Oh my God. He, uh you know, I'm pretty sure you know who she is. Yeah, dude. She's yeah. uh
0: what's uh fuck, I'm I'm blanking on her like big song, but she's again like pretty was it uh
1: yeah, she has a song uh, Schoolboy Q, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Two on, yeah. Two on. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty crazy. So yeah, he, he had a session with her and he was he called me one day. He was like, Yo, I want you to to fly out um to LA, like come, you wanna join this session? I was like, Yeah, like let's go. And this was my first session with an artist, like in person. Oh so shit. It was, were
0: you stressing or were you like, all right, bro? I,
1: this. <laughs> I was I can't even lie, bro. I was nervous for yeah. sure. I, I like, mean, dude, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think
0: anyone would be yeah. the first, yeah.
1: Yeah, especially her too. Like it was, it was crazy. So yeah, you know, I was, I had made some beats like for her, like in mind, you know, just like preparing like a couple weeks before, and then I finally flew out to LA, and uh, I think so we worked two days in a row. Yeah, um, we ended up making two songs, but one of them, only one of them, ended up coming out.
0: Okay, what song came out?
1: Yeah. It's called
0: "Stuck With Me." Okay. I'm gonna. I'm yeah. so excited to go back to all these and be like, "Oh uh-huh. my god, I get it! This sounds like you."
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's uh, called stuck with me. It was on her. Um, I think it was her Joyride album. Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. Which was no, she she did that song with Schoolboy Q before that, but by that yeah, time, that was yeah,
1: that was before.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Tight. So you come out to LA, you do your first session in person, you get a mm-hmm. song with her, which is huge. I feel like that does yeah. not happen with every producer. I know, too. right?
1: Like it it easily could have like not made the album, but it did. So I was like, "Damn, this is crazy." Yeah. Mhm. And so yeah, that was uh, that was my third placement, pretty sure.
0: Bro, what a crazy yeah. track record that you have. Like god. Yeah. For real insane but it's cool too that felix like found you so early and helped you connect those pieces like shouts to Mm -hmm.
1: him yeah no definitely shout out to felix especially like what we got going on like currently where where we're just like we just send stuff back and forth like, like almost every day like it's yeah it's it's going good man Okay, I was actually
0: going to ask that, but I was, like, kind mm-hmm. of afraid to because I hate <laughs> when you ask and it's like, oh, we don't work together anymore. But, like, yeah, 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 that's so cool to hear that you mm-hmm. clearly have a formula. You clearly make great shit and you're still doing yeah. it
1: together. That's awesome. Yeah, no, nah, of course. We definitely, yeah, we definitely are still making stuff together. There was a point in time where I had kind of, like, not fell back from music, but kind of just, like took a pause on my like my artist stuff like my songs mm. and um i guess we weren't like really talking for a little bit it was never like bad blood or nothing like nothing crazy like that we just you know he was just doing his thing and i was doing my thing but then i guess a couple months ago we just something just clicked and then we just been on it like every day
0: oh my just, god just that working. makes me so happy as a fan mm-hmm. to hear that yeah
1: for sure and then i was able to put out America Reject. And then um I got some some other singles about to be about to be lined up. Just you know, just putting some finishing touches on the songs and everything. And then yeah. So I'm pretty much doing two things at once, man. Like just making music and then just sending out loops and just like trying to get more placements and stuff like that. So yeah.
0: Yeah, I was gonna ask you that. Cause I struggle with this on different sides, right? Like mm-hmm. I've never been an artist. Like I, I never like my start in music was tour managing a band and then i worked at a record label and managed artists and then started version three in the podcast so i'm always like doing a billion things but Mm -hmm. i've never done the artist side but do you ever struggle with that where it's like do you go all in as an artist for yourself or do you go all in for a producer like have you found a balance like what's that like for you now
1: Mm -hmm. honestly i'm still working on The balance, like, I do find myself making beats and, like, sending out beats and stuff more than sitting down and recording my own music. Yeah. But, I mean, there definitely is a balance, but I'm trying to, like, I'm in the process of, like, trying to literally split, like, half and half. Like, find days where I should do this and find days where I should do that. I'm kind of more, like, sporadic and, like, all over the place where I'm just, like, I don't know. I just just do whatever comes to mind at that at that time
0: yeah because i was gonna say as a creative like both of those are such like a an artistic side Mm -hmm. so it's like if you're feeling inspired to make a beat i'd imagine you make a beat and if you're feeling inspired to make a regular marcus song then you're gonna make a regular marcus song
1: yeah yeah exactly that's like that's pretty much like just how i work yeah that's just how it is was there a spot
0: with all of this where you're like, "Oh shit, like this is going to be my life." Like this is real enough where I'm going to go all in and like this is it. Cuz obviously mm-hmm. it's like you you get to the spot of like, "Oh, cool, college or like a job, like a 9 to 5, whatever." Like did you have a moment where you're like, "All right, this is it." Um
1: think so because so I, my first job was at a it was at a restaurant. I was just like, you know, like cleaning tables and like I was also like a front, like front of the house host, you know, it was like seating people and stuff.
0: Yeah.
1: And um I was there probably for two years and then it's crazy, I had quit. I was I was also working on music like every day. Like my house turned into like the studio, like where I would have yes. people over like every day. Yeah. And, like my homie was staying with me, so like he would pretty much just like hold down the house, like when I wasn't there. When I like literally when I was at work, he would have people over, like recording and you know just working on music all the time yeah and that time was just like it was kind of like really inspiring and i was just like damn like we we really could do this so like let's just do this every day so i ended up quitting my job um i didn't even put my two weeks in i kind of just like <laughs> i texted my boss and i was just like hey i don't think i could come in tomorrow like i really want to focus on music like i literally told him that <laughs> Cause like I, re- I, I really just want to focus on music and I, yeah, I'm sorry. Like, I can't work there no more. He, he never even texted me back. He just, like, just left me over there. It's crazy.
0: Jeez. But, mm-hmm.
1: and it's funny because, yeah, so after I quit, I told my parents, I was just like, yo, like, give me, like, a couple months, like, uh, to to uh, try to make something work, you know? Yeah. And then in that couple months, Felix ended up hitting me up. Bro. So it was, yeah, so it was, uh, like, I felt like it was supposed to happen. So that was like a moment where I was really like, dang, this is like the perfect, the perfect thing to happen right now. And yeah. it, that's when I was really like, okay, yeah.
0: Dude, I mean, I feel it. That makes sense. hmm And uh, what happened? So like, now you're in portland i know you were in la it's so funny because we were originally going to do this podcast and we were staying like two feet away from each other (laughs) didn't get to do it all the corona shit happened you're back in portland right now yeah (laughs) i guess i'm curious like for you honestly i feel like this is just the beginning right like you've Mm -hmm. you've obviously had some great placements and you've done you've produced for these incredible artists but I can't help but think that this is just the start, especially, like, with the magic that you and Felix have and just, like, mm-hmm. uh, you haven't even put that much music out.
1: Yeah, so I, really, I really
0: haven't. What do you think, like, maybe it's a little vague or a little hard to answer, but, like, perfect world, like, what are you inspired by right now? Like, what do you want to do? What's the next couple of years look like for you?
1: In a perfect world, I really want to just, like, I'm trying to get placements, man. I'm trying to produce for every, not like every artist out there, like every big artist. I yeah. want to produce for like every artist that I listen to. Like anybody who I'm inspired by or anybody whose music I really like, Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get in the studio with them. I'm trying to send them beats, like whatever it is. I'm trying to work them, you know? Yeah, that's like, that. yeah, that's my main goal to just, just, to just get in with every, every artist I look up to, listen to. Yeah, I that. mean,
0: I just, I feel like you have so much of a list left. Like, you still obviously haven't worked with Meek Mill, and that needs mm-hmm. to happen.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I can't, yeah, I can't wait for that to happen.
0: Bro, It's that's yeah. cool. I, like, I love mm-hmm. to hear, you know, it's funny, because, like, I've had people on this podcast that are so far into their careers, and yeah. then I've also had people that are at the beginning in the early days, and it's like, mm-hmm. it's equally as exciting to hear an entire story as it played out, and yes. to hear the very beginning where it's like, this is us talking in 2020 and like, who yeah. knows where you are
1: in a couple of years? And yeah, that's hey. so exciting. Exactly, bro. I feel like, yeah, I mean, I feel like, like all this stuff I'm saying, I, I really do feel like it's going to happen. Like, I'm just, because it has already happened, you know, like, I was listening to Tinashe before. I was, I was, like I said, Black Bear, I was listening to him. Like, Fetty Wap, I was listening to him and then I ended up I have a song with Fetty Wap too. It, it's not released. I'm like in the process of waiting to see what's happening with it. But like, like that's four, that's like huge. three, four checks off my list right there. So like, you know, I just feel like the energy is there yeah. and that's all I could really do. Like, Is this music and just keep pushing for, you know, just getting in with these artists as well as, um, like my, my solo stuff and my songs, like right now I'm in a place where I feel like I'm getting more creative. Like like you said, my last song was more like pop punk, yeah, inspired. And I'm yeah, I'm just in a place where I feel like I'm more creative and I can finally make the songs that I've always wanted to make and all like I- include the stuff that I was always inspired by. Bro, not so, to get
0: cheesy, but I feel mm-hmm. like people like you are so important for music right now because mm-hmm. like You grew up in every different city, listening to every different genre of music, just Mm -hmm. a melting pot of YouTube and everything. And I just think that like genres are going away more and more. Like, that's not new news. Anybody will say that. But I don't think that it properly evolves and advances without people that genuinely are inspired by everything that are then making beats and making music. It goes mm-hmm. everywhere because then you're going to inspire the next kid. The next kid's going to be waiting for his mom in the grocery store <laughs> and hear a regular Marcus song. And it's like bro. <laughs> that to me, it's so important. So it's
1: really yeah. cool to like hear that story and where that comes from. Bro, nah, that's, that's cool that you say that because like I think, I think people like this are important too. And one person that I really think was like one of the most important was Juice Row, bro. I feel like… Oh. I feel like what he was doing, like, the world wasn't even ready. Yeah. Like, literally not even like ready for his full potential, bro. Like… I know. It's crazy. So yeah. When I first heard him… That's… That's my favorite artist. Juice oh, World okay. and Party Next Door. Dude. Yeah. Juice those World, are... Party Next Door. And the 1975. I can say those are like my top three influences.
0: I mean, those are incredible picks and mm-hmm. I feel you with Juice World. Like… yeah, I remember… Crazy. Like, to tie it into my world, I remember him fucking with a band called Belmont, which is Belmont. like a full-on yeah. pop-punk band. And, like, those are the yeah. homies. Like, they've toured was. with artists that I've managed. And, like, that's, mm-hmm. like, my world. And then also seeing some of the early stuff that he was liking on SoundCloud mm-hmm. was, like, the kids that I worked with with version 3. Like, Shinigami and Fatsy yeah. and 93 Three Feet of Smoke.
1: So yeah. like, oh, that's okay. That's where I knew ninety three feet's name from. That, yeah, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. so
0: like, I felt like he was another one where he was the perfect example of a kid that bro. was inspired by every different genre and put it together so well.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly, bro. And it's funny that you said that because the only reason I know who Belmont is is because of that one post that Juice mm-hmm. wrote made.
0: No shit. Like when he
1: went, yeah, when he tagged them, I like. Went straight, went straight to Spotify. Was like, okay, who's this band? Now I got like, hella of their songs in my phone, like just because of him.
0: That's so crazy. Mm-hmm. And like again, like, further like that further stresses the point of like mm-hmm. when artists get into every different genre, everybody yeah. grows and everybody finds new music. That's yeah, yeah. I feel you. Um, exactly. I have two other questions, kind of bigger picture. One, Mm -hmm. if somebody's listening to this and they feel a similar way where, like, they're super inspired by production or they're, like, trying to chase that path, yeah. obviously, I know that you're in some ways at the beginning of your career, but you have had success. And what would Mm -hmm. your advice be to a kid, uh, anybody, not have to be a kid, but just anybody chasing that path or interested in
1: a similar path as yours? Man... All I could really say is like Instagram, Twitter is the best possible way to like it. I'm not saying it always works, but that's like the best possible way to hit somebody up. That's that's pretty much how I've done like everything. Like just reaching out to people. Um, yeah. you just gotta reach out and you know Don't get discouraged if somebody doesn't respond, like maybe it just wasn't the right time or maybe they were busy at the time or something. You know, keep hitting them up, like keep blowing people up, literally. Just always like target. Don't just hit up any artist and be like, yo, I want to work. I want to work, you know. Take a second and think and create targets, like hit up people who listen to this band or people who, you know, listen to this artist or worked with this artist and stuff like that. I would say you just got to reach out to people and believe in yourself and yeah.
0: Dude, I love that. And it's actually, Mm -hmm. it's interesting you say that because I think that that shift has naturally been happening. Mm -hmm. But I think that on my side, having kind of worked at the labels and worked at like management company sort of thing, it gets to be a little too formal where it gets to be a manager emailing another manager saying, hey, I have an artist I'd like to work. But I I, certain people absolutely know it and they would agree with you and like, yo, DM. But I do think at the end of the day we're all just humans and we're all just people that are interested in the same things and if you naturally fuck with the same things and you send somebody a dm and they can tell they're probably going to respond to you or at least notice you and it's Bro, like for real. it's such simple advice yet i think people almost overcomplicate things like we're talking right now because of a dm
1: mhm it's crazy for real yeah yeah and I I i'm not that. like i'm not like the best advice giver in the world like not at all. But that's just like something I could say, like honestly, and something that has worked for me. Cause like I do get that question all the time. Like people are always like, yo, how can I get my beats out there? How can I how can I do this? just because I seen you do this. And I'm just like, man, <laughs> I don't even know the real answer. Just just going off of like, you know, what I what's happened to me.
0: I mean, I guess like some of it is luck that these people are down and that they took a chance Mm -hmm. on you. But then also, you know, you tell me in your story, some of the first remixes you uploaded to SoundCloud got 50K plays. And even Mm -hmm. if you don't like them now or you go back and you're like, oh, that's embarrassing, clearly there was some amount of skill or some ear for something that 50,000 other people liked. Exactly. So then when you are shooting your shot and DMing, Maybe you don't have a name behind yourself yet, but you at least have a product and a song and like a sound where people are like, Oh, cool. I get it. And if they like it, they like it.
1: Right. Which is cool.
0: Um, the other question I have similar lane, uh, but, and again, I know you're young in your career, but Mm -hmm. if you were to go back to any spot that truly felt like super hard or trying what spot do you go back to and what advice do you give yourself now that you've
1: gotten past it? Mm-hmm. Um, I would probably say the past like the past year and a half. I oh would, damn, if so I, recently. Yeah, 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 recently. If I could just go back and just focus more on learning not how to stress about like overthink things and not overstress things because that was like that's been my main problem Mm. um like i said i had ended up taking like a little break from like recording and stuff yeah and yeah i would just that's pretty much what i would change
0: again that's huge i know it's basic Mm -hmm.
1: but like i super relate to that it's very very basic but like that's that's really like i feel like that's what i would do for sure
0: and it's funny because yeah. I found that even as I grow older, things that I had less reservation in the past. Like I didn't give a fuck as much before. And I was like, yeah, fuck it. I'll try it or I'll hit this person yeah, yeah. up or it doesn't <laughs> matter. And now as I get older, for some reason, I'll like stop and think more. And I'm like, what am I doing thinking? Yeah. Just do shit more.
1: For real. Crazy. Yeah, I should have just, just did shit, man. I was, I was in my head way too much. Now I can honestly say like now I'm getting to like the point where, like I said, I just put out a single. Um, about to, about to put out some more. So like you know, I'm I'm getting to where I want to be. You know, bro. I am as a
0: fan, so mm.
1: excited for this next <laughs> wave. Like, yeah, bro.
0: Damn. Thank you, bro. I yeah. appreciate that. Where can everybody find you if they haven't done the deep dive and they're not as obsessed as I am yet? Where do they start? Yeah. Where do they find you?
1: For sure. So uh, if you're just on like Spotify, um. Apple Music, stuff like that. You can find me at regular Marcus. Um, And my Instagram and my Twitter are the same name. Um, You can find me at at Reckless, R-E-C-K-L-E-S-S. And then the the letters and numbers G4B. So yeah, at Reckless G4B. Which
0: is not Gabe, it's Gopher Broke.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 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 it's it's Gopher Broke. (laughs) <laughs>
0: so funny shout out
1: yeah yeah shout out to them though they're, they're still doing their thing for sure that's Yeah, awesome. and that's also my SoundCloud name Reckless G4B cool so yeah
0: cool man well dude yeah. I, I thank you so much for doing this like again I'm so stoked that us just becoming friends on Instagram and DMing back and forth led to mm-hmm. this and I can't wait for you to get back to LA and actually kick it in person but yeah this was really cool to hear your story, and I think a lot of people will relate to it, even if they hadn't known you in the past. Just, like, I get it. Growing up skating, finding music, all of it. Like, yeah. it's
1: cool. Hell yeah, bro. Nah, it was it was real fun. I, I appreciate it. Like, appreciate you just, like, being interested in everything. So, yeah, bro.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's the same thing as you, right? Like, uh, when you found Black Bear, like, finding Meatmail, mm-hmm. anything, it's just, like, Oh, wow. I really, really like this. And that's yeah, all that matters. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter, like, the size of anything. It's just like, oh, I'm super into this. I need to know more. Thanks. So, there you go. Marcus's story. I loved it. I'm legitimately just a fan of his. And being able to sit down and talk to him and learn this story was so damn cool. And I really genuinely think that this is just the beginning for him. If you like this episode, do us both a favor. For me, share the episode, tell a friend about it, rate it on Apple Podcasts, subscribe to the podcast, leave five stars, that helps me the absolute most. It lets me interview more people, it helps the podcast get discovered, all that good stuff. For him, go check out his music if you haven't heard it yet. Like I said, I am legitimately a huge fan of his. He is continuously leveled up. The first song that I heard from him was called Break That. We talk about it. The last song that he just put out as of right now as I record this was American Reject, super pop punk influences, which is cool. It bridges a lot of gaps. I'll play a clip of it at the end of this so you can hear it. Go check his music out. Let him know that you like it. Find him on Instagram. Send him a message. That does it. I'll be back next week with another episode. Thanks for listening.
1: where we stand so when we get drunk you get like a recess just go until so we can't see shit you say i'm gone don't too hard push me too far if i live i say don't go just say maybe not okay she don't think i changed That's just cause she let her own me that's okay she gon fly out she